were going to preach, but God had other plans, and it was probably the most emotional service I've ever attended in my entire life, um, from people um, moving on, um, and let me just say, the people that got baptized last week, congratulations, it was so beautiful, and I loved it so much, and we're so thankful what God is doing with those next steps and moving forward, and listen, um, we'll keep that thing cleaned up and filled up, and if people need to get baptized, we'll just keep it going, you know what I mean? If people need to make those next steps, let's go, like, we're excited about it, and we're, we're thankful to see the, the transformation in people's lives. It was a emotional ride last week of, of you know, families leaving, but also families gathering, and, and the dedicate it's, it's just amazing what God is doing, and we're praying for the ones that have left, and we're thankful for all the time they were here, and we're so grateful for the ones that have made that public display saying, no turning back, I choose Christ, and so it's a great mix of everything. Uh, last week, or the week before, we got into this, we declare war, and we started to pinpoint some things, and it was all about the comparison trap. And too many times we try to do this comparison and we try to compare to a lot of things. We showed pictures of crazy stuff that we try to compare to or uh, how Pinterest looks so well, but nobody knows behind the scenes or all your family pictures are so good. But how many takes did you have to take before you got that right one? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like we do this whole thing so many times and that trap can destroy your life real fast. Trying to add up to somebody else can destroy your life real fast. Being, you know, like always comparing to somebody else's blessing can destroy your life so fast. God has it. And can I just say it real quick? God has a blessing just for you. You know what I mean? Trying to compare to somebody else's blessings isn't going to be your blessing. You got, God has something in store just for you. And so too many times we make this big comparison and uh, it is a monster when we compare because then we are limiting what God is trying to do for us. Do you realize that with these fingers and, and, and these little DNAs and these little prints that there's no one else like you? That your print is your own print in the world? That no one else is like you? And so when we go to start comparing and trying to be somebody else's print, we limit the favor and, and, and the blessing of God in our own life because he wants to use you. He has a unique calling just for you, the individual. And too many times we want to grab onto somebody else's DNA, somebody else's print. But I'm telling you right now, God has something great in store. I don't know what you've struggled with. I don't know if it's just hard to feel, feel like, well, how do I just begin because it's so hard and it's so easy for them. So if I could just be like them, it would be easy for me. No. I'm telling you right now, God has created you and formed you for a purpose, and he wants to use you as the individual to do great things. Amen? Amen? Amen. To do great things. And let me just say, no matter how you feel, no matter what has been going on or what is happening inside of your soul, that God still wants to use you, that there's still value, he still called you, he still loves you, and he will do whatever it takes to get your attention. You have a unique print. And God loves you with his whole heart. And I'm telling you right now, do not compare. Because when you compare, you start fading back into somebody else that you're not even, it's not even you anymore. Go ahead. 
I love what you said about the fingerprint for the fact of that most of the time in any case um, or anything that's done, you know, to identify people, a lot of times they do it by the fingerprint that's left behind. And we were meant to make a mark on this world. You uniquely were meant to leave your mark on this world with Jesus Christ being the lead and the director of it. And when you choose to try to compare yourself to everyone else or live in someone else's shoes, you then take away your own identity and your own ability to leave a mark on the world trying to leave someone else's. And it doesn't work that way. And I was thinking about this, and I began to think about the saying, have you ever heard the saying, I feel like I'm banging my head against a wall? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like I'm banging my head against the wall. And looking that up, it said that if you say this, that you're banging your head against the wall, you're emphasizing that you are frustrated because someone is stopping you from making progress in something. And I begin to think about it. It says someone is stopping you. But what if that someone is you? What if that someone is yourself? It made me think about when one of our children were younger and they would walk very often like this (laughs) and look always they wanted to see they were very aware of their surroundings they would look to the left or to the right they wanted to be so intent on everything that was going on around them they had to make sure they knew where everybody else was what everybody else was doing looking behind them to make sure what was going on behind them and most of the time they would run into the wall and end up having big old goose eggs right up on the head or wherever was sticking out that would hit them or falling over and hitting their head on the floor. And I began to think about that as banging your head up against the wall. And what's crazy about comparison is that when you begin to compare yourselves to other people, you begin to be so focused on what everybody else is doing that you forget to look forward and stay focused on your own path. And what happens is comparison causes you literally to hit a wall. Yeah. It literally causes you to stop and bang your head against the wall. And you wonder why things aren't changing, but the only reason is is because the person that's in your way is yourself. Nobody else is trying to make you be like someone else. Yes, we have all these things on TV and, you know, you see when all the stimulus checks and things came out, somebody got a new car, so you needed a new car. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then all the car rates went up because everybody needed a new car. And because that happened, you know, supply and demand and all the things that happen and different things that happen or new TVs or, or, you know, you, somebody else got a different job or a job that's better than you. Or, you know, you, you see somebody that, you know, you've been, let's look at it this way. Maybe you've been married for a long time and you see fresh newlyweds and, and you're envious of how they are because you are set in your own ways in your marriage. They, it, it can happen in any way or you watch people raise their children and you're like, oh, I'm not that good of a parent. You know what I'm saying? Like that can really set in or you watch somebody else at your job and you're like, well, how come they got the raise and I didn't? How come they're doing better and I, I come in earlier than they do every day? You know what I'm saying? There's things that can try to hit us and what happens is you have a path that is directed for you. It's yours and your only path. And what happens is when you begin to look to the left or to the right, more focused on what other people around you are doing and staying on their paths, and you want to step over to their path, you negate your dreams and your visions and the things that God has for you, but you also run into walls in your life that cause you to be at a stalemate or literally spiritually and emotionally bruised. Because you choose to just keep 
looking at everything else. Well, you can't do that when, if you heard of it or if you've done it in the past, if you've ever ran track, the coaches always are telling you, don't look. You keep your eyes straight. Don't compare to how they're running or how fast or not or if they're catching up to you. You have a purpose and a goal. You need to keep your eyes on that. And the moment you keep looking and wondering what they're doing as you're running your race, you're going to trip up. You can't look back, and like we said with the farmers and stuff, you, when you're driving down a country road and you see all those beautiful lines with the, the, the corn and everything, you're, the farmer cannot look backwards and go forward and think that he's going to plow all that or, or, even, you know, uh, or even lay all that, all that seed. There's no way. It will be all over the place. You have to stay focused. You have to stay forward. Um, I'm going to read you this scripture. It's in Galatians 6, 3, and 4 in the NIV. Because what happens is, is comparison, what it does is it kills contentment. That's right. Comparison kills it. It kills it bad. That's right. I love this scripture. It says, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they've deceived themselves. It's good. It's good. <laughs> they've deceived themselves. Each one should test their own actions. So I shouldn't test your actions or your actions. We should test our own actions. But too many times we got our eyes on something else comparing somebody else's action to our actions. Let me keep reading. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. So good. Test your own actions. Well, right. real quick, like that scripture that talks about that, that, you know, that speck and the plank in, in your own eye. Well, he's got testing somebody else's actions and you got something real big going on in your own self test your own actions give it to the lord in your own way and without comparing themselves to someone else listen it's so it's so crazy how in this scripture that we deceive ourselves too many times in this comparison test then we're never contempt. It kills contentment, and we're always striving for something else. And it never ends. It never adds up. We, we keep moving and moving and moving, and we're never content. And guess what happens? If we're going to just get physical about this, guess what happens in that scenario? It's hard to breathe. Anxiety sets in. Some people can get a panic attack. You could, all this stuff in our, our physical body starts to react in it. Do you realize God created us? <laughs> and sometimes some of the things that we go through, not all, but some of them are our own attacks. Because we have overwhelmed. I know like in the past, I've, I, and I, this happened to me, overthinking something, and I was thinking about a situation and trying to figure out how to best take care of the situation, and guess what happened? My thoughts started taking over. I started tensing up. I had pain in my neck. I couldn't sleep. I was achy all over my body all because I didn't give it to the Lord. I thought I could handle it. And I was handling it until it handled me. And I was stuck. Can't sleep. Got to go see somebody to fix my neck. Got to, you know, like, and all it was is just tension that I created. And it kills, comparison kills contentment. Well, when comparison kills contentment, it creates contempt. Yeah. So when you kill your contentment, you create contempt within yourself. Not only towards others, 
because of what you want because you begin to covet what they have and desire what others have or even just things. It can even just be things. It doesn't even have to be a person. It can just be simple little things in your everyday life that can literally kill the contentment of what you have in and it creates contempt to the point that it can even create contempt for the blessings God's given you because they no longer are good enough because you need more. You need something else. What God's giving you isn't good enough. Just like we said last week is that you get to a point where you feel God cheated you. That he cheated you out of what you deserved. When honestly, we got well more than what we ever deserved and what we ever could have imagined. Yet, for some reason, that's not good enough. And isn't it funny that we have the greatest gift that we could ever receive, which is Jesus Christ, when he comes into our lives and changes everything. And even if our world was going to hell in a handbasket, we still have him. But for some reason, what happens is when comparison comes in, contentment leaves, and then it takes away your contentment with God, and then you begin to have contempt for even who he is. Because what happens is the world feels like it can give you so much more than what he can when it's a lie. And that's what's so powerful about the song we sang about the beginning because it said, you know, the scales fell off my eyes and you took out the lies. You know what I'm saying? When we, just like, you know, before Saul became Paul and you had, he had the, the scales upon his eyes and was there, what ended up happening was that he literally had a false perception about life and where it was going and he compared his life to that of what was the Christians and he could not stand things that were going on and there was all this kind of trap that he was in and all of a sudden when he came and the scales fell off his eyes he was able to see the truth for the reality and what I ask is that today that we really ask God to come in and take the scales of comparison off our eyes and take the scales of comparison from under our feet of what our weights and balances of are or what we're trying to measure up to because guess what? Jesus Christ did not place you on a scale when he died upon the cross. He weighed himself out in a weight and balance by balancing with his arms across spread wide to let you know that he loved you so much that no matter what you did, you were not weighed and measured, but you were not found wanting. You were found wanted. So good. And God desires to have you and love you and wants you right where you are. And what I love about that is that, again, comparison creates contempt. But what's so powerful is that Jesus Christ comes in, and if you will just allow him to be all that you need, you'll find that you have all that you need. Does that make sense? You let him be all you need, you'll find you have all you need. We always are going to be wanting. Sure, we would all like somebody to come in and give us a million dollars so that we can pay off all our debt and buy new cars and new homes and have everything that we want. And guess what's going to happen? At that point, too, you're still going to be wanting. Yeah. Because money runs out, things run out, they break, they don't work. We just talked about this this morning on, as the worship team. As that, isn't it funny that, you know, we've got a new base that is not working, but the one that's 20 years old works perfectly fine. <laughs> See, the funny thing about it is that we can have all these kind of things, but you got to be faith. content in what you have and know that things can work out to the, to the best ability of what God desires to have for you. The tools that he's given you, yeah. he's equipped you with exactly what you need. 
You don't need to look at everybody else and wonder, well, I don't have this talent or I can't do that or I'm not as good as that as they are, so I'm just not going to be a part of anything. I don't want to give what I have because it's just not good enough. Oh, and that keeps you at a stalemate. Their, their tools are better than mine. Yeah. I got an off-brand from Walmart and they got DeWalt. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're better. They're going to yep. last longer. Listen, God's got you with whatever you have right now for a reason. Yep. And what is he trying to teach you with what you have for a reason? When we start comparing, we're going to lose it all real quick. We can't get there. And listen, don't. here's what happens sometimes as people, um, maybe they're, 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 I guess you would say, spiritually sound in certain areas. Or when life throws a wrench, they're still happy. They're still joyful. And, and sometimes we can compare and be like, man, I wish I could be like so-and-so. I wish I could be like her, or I wish I could be like him, or whoever this is. But listen, you don't know what they've been through to get to where they are now. So if you want all of it, you, I don't know if you can handle all that. Because you have no clue what they've been through just to say, yes, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes, I'm going to walk in fullness. Yes, I'm going to. But you don't know what the road they traveled. So if you want to compare and take that, that moment, won't you take all that moment and see what it was like? That's right. You don't want that. God's got you on a path for a reason. He's trying to teach you something. And we can compare to a great moment right here. Like, I just wish, no. Then you will always chase it. And guess what? Your children will chase it because you're not content. Like we said in 2020, being content in the process. You're not content. You're comparing. And then the kid, it will ne the cycle will never end. And guess what you have yourself? A good old-fashioned problem. And it becomes a generational curse. And it has to be broken because comparing will never, never leave you sound. Your mind will always wander. And God will elevate and bless you and do whatever he wants to whoever he wants, whenever he wants. But he's got you right where you are for a reason. It's not that you're not good enough or what. We don't know. Everybody's situation is always different. Sometimes, like for me, it takes a while. I'm a stubborn man. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a stubborn man at and times. And so, shall set you free. <laughs> so there is times where God's trying to teach me something and somebody else is doing something else. And he's like, it's not that I, he doesn't want to give it. We always think God just like dangling. So, oh, you're almost like that old man with the fisher pole with the dollar. You almost got it. You know, like, am I going to dress like that tonight? Because that would be a great outfit. Huge pole with a dollar dangling over the, the cars. You know, like, you almost can reach it. But it's not like that. It's almost like, hey, I'm trying to teach you something. Can you humble yourself right here so I can elevate you? Because you keep comparing and you keep being prideful. I'm going to let you go ahead and go all the way down so you'll get to a place so you can humble yourself. But comparison can work in both ways like Absolutely. that. You can be dealing with your thing and comparing like that, but yeah. somebody on the other side could be comparing and being like, why don't they just get it? I don't understand. <laughs> Can't they just, I get it. Isn't it hard sometimes to have it, patience with some Why is it so people? hard? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that comparison goes both Absol ways. Absolutely. You can compare to yourself thinking that you got it all together when you aren't that in a bag of chips. You ain't got nothing but yeah. crumbs left in your bag. In air. Yeah. Hot well, air. full of hot air, full of... <laughs> why did they do that? I don't know. It's full. You buy, with nothing. You buy half a bag you of got, chips. You get a quarter bag of a chips when you buy all hot air. chips. Yeah. Anybody ever struggle with that? Okay. Anyway. But that's how we act, right? <laughs> 
When we begin to just blow off steam and be frustrated and we're comparing what everybody else is not doing compared to what we think we are doing, the fact of the matter is, is we're still stuck in the trap and we're no better. And we really aren't content with even who we are because we're frustrated. Well, because what happens in the end here is for this, this process that we go through with comparing, it leaves us prideful. It leaves us prideful. And I'm telling you right now, pride will destroy everything. Every single thing. Like I talked about a while back with the three chairs, the the sermon before everything shut down. Stay in the middle, stay in the middle, stay in the middle, stay in the middle. Because when you go to fear, fear will already take you to pride. Because pride works out of fear. Let me read you this scripture real quick in Luke 18, 11 and 12. It says, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, Oh God, I thank you today that I am not like these other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, and even like the tax collectors. I fast twice a day, twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. See what pride does as a Christian? (laughs) This is is a man who who is faithful, a devoted Jew that reads the scrolls and tries to follow it all to a T, but yet so prideful. I'm not like those other people that struggle standing on a soapbox yelling. We see this. This junk happens all the time because we compare and then we, we point at people. It leaves us prideful because then we say, we're fine, I'm good, everything's perfect, everything is awesome. Okay. Don't do it because only three people understand the Lego movie. But we just have kids, that's just the thing. So, but we think that everything is awesome and everything is cool. And it is not because... What the problem is, is prideful people stand up higher and yell further down. And they keep their nose up and they're, oh, I'm better than this. And I mean, we've dealt with that. We've seen that stuff happen at ISU when they're just yelling and saying all this crazy stuff on a podium and hitting a stick and saying stuff. It's, it's crazy. But comparison will give us to a place of pride. And pride will destroy everything. It will destroy your. It, it will start actually isolating you and stepping you back further, because you feel like everything's good and you, they're like this, and you're you're further back, and you find yourself then in a situation where then you flip it around and say, "I'm all alone. Nobody's with me." And this and that. You have let pride keep elevating you on your own and dictate everything who God is, because He's love through it all, and pushes you back. And you feel so isolated, and especially a prideful Christian, because what happens then is they blame the church. They blame the church for everything that's happening in their own personal lives. And pride, I promise, will destroy you if you let comparison dictate all of that, because it leaves us prideful. It's good. It's so good. I love that that you talked about pride and the fact of how it can literally cause an issue because when yeah. we get to that point to where we compare like that, that's a very dangerous place. 
Yeah. I think sometimes that can almost be a worse place than just comparing of the things that you lack because when you think that you have everything together makes it a whole lot harder sometimes for Jesus to come in and really deal because you even fool yourself to him that you think that you don't need what he's giving you. That's why he's you, not talking to me. You he's, have to fight hard for when, this. You're, you're praying and God begins to speak to you about something. You're like, oh God, thank you for telling me that for them. They really need to get that together. <laughs> you know, and God's like, no. You really need to get that together. You really need to allow that to come into your heart yeah. to change. Quit comparing yourself of what you think that you got in order and just come in and get it together. It's good. It's so good. I think that one of the things that I think about comparison is it's that it's one of the biggest distractions that will keep you from your goals and your dreams. Yeah. You will never achieve what you neglect. Hmm. Let me say it again. You will never achieve what you neglect. You better write that down. Put it on the Twitter. If you are so busy worrying about what everybody else is achieving, you're neglecting yourself and what God has planned oh for God. you, and you will never achieve what you neglect. When you don't put yourself in a place for God to use you, and you are more worried about how others are being used or how God's not using you, what happens is you miss your opportunity to be available to God to do what he's asked you to do. And so when you begin to neglect yourself, then yeah. you have pity parties, a woe is me, that this is so bad, and God doesn't use me the way I thought I should be here, and thought I should be that and then look at what this is happening and these people well, we, but you neglected what you should be doing absolutely. because you were more worried focusing on what everybody else was doing well I've said this a long time ago we're praying oh God use me use me Lord and whatever you want and then you come back a couple weeks later dear Lord I just feel so used I pray that you just touch my mind I'm so used didn't you just pray that you wanted to be used and you feel so used and now you, you got this weird situation happening in your life. And we're trying to make comparison with it. That's why we said, and it's all over, we declare war. Yeah. Because comparison will mess you up. It will mess everything up. Comparison will leave you stranded. It does. Comparison throws away the key. Your worst moment is comparison. Like it will, it will keep you away from the things of God. Well, I know that it's Halloween, right? And we're having a party tonight to just really give back to our city. But when I think about Halloween, isn't it funny that it's like the one time that everybody can put a mask on and dress up and be something that they're not? And it's crazy. Well, it's not really crazy that God had us finish this on today yeah. Because I believe that we are coming against the enemy and declaring war by saying that we declare war on putting masks on that mask our identity for who we are not. And the fact of it is, is that, yes, I'm not talking about like you can't dress up tonight. So don't think like I'm like, well, she said I can't put a mask on. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is in ourselves spiritually, what happens is when we compare ourselves to other, we try to put on their identity. And what happens is we are walking around in somebody else's mask, in somebody else's figure, in somebody else's shape, in somebody else's dreams, in somebody else's goals, in somebody else's desires, in somebody else's things that they have, in somebody else's looks, in oh. somebody else's hopes. Do you see what I'm saying? And we put that mask on. On, yeah. And what happens is it literally masks our identity of who we are. 
And I believe that God is wanting us to step out from behind the mask and put them down, take all your hats off, take your costumes off, take your masks off spiritually, and allow God to just be who he is in you and allow, to, allow him to utilize the tools that you have to the best of his ability, which is beyond what you could ever imagine. So that's the awesome part. Yeah. I didn't say what your ability was. I said what his ability is in you. That's the power of it. It masks our true identity. What's crazy is there are a few things that can keep us from the comparison trap. How do we do that? How do we declare war on the comparison trap? You've said, we've said it, we're declaring war, but how do we do that? How do we declare war? Number one, take what you see with a grain of salt. This means that not everything you see is fully reality. What you see can be very misleading. Realize much of what you see anymore these days is through a filter. Much of what you see is through a filter. Take it with a grain of salt. True. That means that don't allow everything to bother you to think that that's exactly what it is. Just like he said, you may see what somebody has, but do you want what they've been through? You don't have a clue what's going on, so don't take everything at face value. You see somebody take a picture with a filter? Have you seen people take a picture with the filter? You might be one. I don't know. But, and you look at that, and you have to do a double take because it don't even look like who they are. You're like, why is their eyes bigger? Like, their face is so perfect. And, and filters can be fun. No, they and are. You but, kind of play around, but, but when you try to make that your, <laughs> who, you, who you actually are, then there's a problem. It is the weirdest thing sometimes because people hide behind the filters because they're not even happy with who they are yeah. personally. And so they're, they're better off taking all their pictures with some form of filter. That's right. And it is another comparison trap. You just take it with a grain of salt. Number two, count your blessings. We've heard it. This can be so simple, yet it's very hard to do. <laughs> It's very hard to do when we tend to focus on all the negatives that are around us. It's very hard to count our blessings and know the good things that we have that God's given to us. And what's crazy is we hear it, you know, in nursery rhymes and all different kinds of things about counting your blessings. But the fact of it is, is that it is time that we truly start counting our blessings and knowing what God has really given us. Well, it gives us love, the, the, that comparison again, because if we don't, it's, it's so simple. Take all the little fragments of what God has done and start putting it together. And what you'll find out is there's a beautiful picture of something huge, the blessings of God in your life. And we take for granted it sometimes and didn't even realize, oh, oh, that was a blessing. Oh, that one was too. And you start thinking about it. And when you're trying to do a comparison, you got to take that away. Anybody else's blessing and know that, listen, God's piled on the blessing because he said, I'm going to open up the floodgates. And if he's opening them up, realize the blessings you have. Well, it can be in simple things. So just like this, the other day, I was having kind of a rough day, and we had had some stuff go on, and we were coming up here to set up all the cones that are setting out there for the parking. And it was supposed to be a rainy day, like through that whole day, and going to be terrible. And I was thinking about everything that had gone on, and I was just kind of sitting there, and I started feeling sorry for myself. And then I was like, you know what? It's not raining. Thank you, God, that it's not raining. I could be doing this crap in the rain. Thank you that it's not raining. I'm going to be thankful. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to change my mentality even in one small thing. And that's when you think of a negative, counter it with two positives. 
Give yourself a tool. When you begin to think of a negative thing, say two positives. So when that happened and I was just frustrated and tired, I said, well, thank you, God, that it's not raining. Thank you that the sun's shining and it's warmer. It's small. And you guys are looking at me like, that's crazy. Like, I got so much more going on that that's, no. When you begin to take all the little things that God is doing, because guess what? Did you make the sunshine? Nope. Did your best friend make the sunshine? Did they make it stop raining? No, God did. He, sometimes, even for you, maybe if he just did that for me because I felt terrible, I would have, I'm thankful that it wasn't doing that at that moment. We could have been standing out there in the pouring rain, freezing cold, soaked, trying to set out all those cones. But we weren't, and God just held it off for that little bit. I was thankful. Well, see, on the flip side, I had to go get those cones, and yeah. it was pouring down rain, and my shoes were soaked, and I was up into my ankles because where the cones were, I was underwater, freezing. But I had to think on the other side of that, because right. I, I know somewhere the sun is shining above these clouds, but thank you, God, that the city is allowing us to use every one of those 200 cones, and we're so thankful for the partnership that is opening up right now. I had to look at it different even in the rain. And I'm telling you, it was cold. And I, I only had like a light jacket on. I was like shivering, carrying all those and putting them in there in the truck. But I had to start thinking, God, you've opened up a door. We've never had these cones. We've never been this organized in that area like we are right now. So thank you for that. Thank you for opening that door so we can partner with them in other things. And so it's, it's how you look at things and you start thanking God. Because it's real quick. Why do we, I mean, we're real quick to be negative. Why is it so easy to point at somebody's problem than they're, what they're doing right? Point out the positives. You Absolutely. have to create it as a tool. If I say one negative thing, I have to counter it with two positives until I say anything else. <laughs> I have to do it. There's nothing else I can do just for yeah. yourself. And Philippians 4, 8 says, yeah. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful Absolutely. and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. What can keep you from the comparison trap is if you always go back to God. Turn your thoughts back to God. It says Turn your fasten thoughts back to God. Before we get in the car, hey, you got your seatbelt on? Yeah. You got your seatbelt fastened? Fasten your thoughts on every glorious work right. of God. Buckle up to it. Drive with it. Take it on your journey with you. Praising him always. I'm fastened to that. It's good. Man, it's so when good. You, and also, when you find yourself maybe frustrated about what somebody else has that you don't have, whether it's that raise or whether it's the great marriage Amen. or cars or being a parent or friends or house or they're always, you know, together with people. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it does, what you can do to stop those lies is this. Yeah. You celebrate out loud and on purpose others. You celebrate out loud and on purpose others. You speak words, even if they don't match your thoughts, that applaud someone else. There's so something good. powerful and liberating about celebrating the success of other people. It's like popping a balloon filled with all the insecurity and envy of comparison. You cannot keep yourself inflated in comparison if you just choose to speak. The word of God says, speak that which be not as though it was. Change your thought pattern. Change your perspective. You know what I'm saying? So if you see somebody and you wish you had that, instead of wishing you had that and being envious and having content, why don't you go up and say, man, that's really awesome that you got that raise. I'm so thankful. Maybe you needed that. 
I, I'm proud of you. You worked hard. Even if you don't believe they worked hard. Even if they didn't work hard. You tell them that you're proud that they got what they needed and they deserved. You, you tell somebody else if they got a new car and yours just broke down. Man, that's awesome. That's really cool that you got that. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. celebrating out loud. Well, too many times people compare even in their stories of, I don't feel good. No, I feel worse. No, I got a cough. No, I got two coughs. My dog's sick. No, my cat's dead because the dog ate it. Yeah. Like, like, we like we're comparing, like, how bad things are now. <laughs> like, we, we got to start celebrating stuff. Like, for real. And, and, and champion other people. Even in your own time. Absolutely. You may not be with that person, but maybe your thoughts are taking a hold of you. We so why don't you happy. celebrate out loud and be like, you know what? I'm happy for them. I may not feel it, but I am. <laughs> I'm happy for them. And I'm glad that this is happening. You know what I'm saying? You have to tell yourself. That's just like creating and changing two positives for every negative. Well, then you have to shift your focus and begin yeah. to speak out loud those things that you are looking for and desiring in your lives. Most of the time, I feel like when we begin to look at other people and be thankful for what it has, God begins to bless us even more because he knows that we're not worried about just ourselves and what we have. Yeah. Number three, the other thing that we can do to break the comparison trap and declare war on it is read your word. Absolutely. What does his word say over you? you know what how, does his word say? You know how crazy the word is? Like it transcends all this stuff. Like it's been around for thousands of years and it's still re relatable right now. Like the stuff that was written in the word, we're sitting here in this moment reading it and applying it. It's the number one book ever, bestseller ever, and it will change your life. Apply what it says. Whatever your thoughts are, whatever you struggle with, the answer is in the book. It's the good book. It's the good news. It's the gospel. It's all there. But we have to take time. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't read... It boggles my mind if somebody says, I didn't get to read the Bible today. You didn't get to? Like, are you kidding me? Did you take a drink of water? Did you eat? Like, to me, I can't go without reading it. It's, it, it, it's like eating. It's nourishment to my bones. That's right. my life. And until it becomes your life, it's just going to be another snack food for you. It's good. It's good. It's got to be your life. That will kill comparison. That will do great things in your life. That will give you all the desires you've ever longed for. That will, you're, you're trying to figure out, well, I never can hear God's voice. You ain't spending time with him. Because the more you spend time, I don't care if they try to crank call you. You know who's on that phone. You know that voice because that voice is always in your ear. You know it. God's the same way. He wants to be in that communication always. Get in the word. The word will, will help you through that comparison trap. We declare war. Your weapon for war is your word. That's right. That's what it says. It's the sword. That's right. The greatest weaponry you would ever have in your life is the word of God. Than anything else. Well, and it helps reveal the things that trigger you. Yeah. The word of God helps reveal the things that trigger you to be in constant comparison and in that constant trap. Oh, it cut you. And you can't, what's <laughs> funny is you can't release yourself from a trap. No. If you keep hitting the trigger. 
You can't release yourself from it if you keep going back and, and triggering it and hitting the, the door. The door keeps slamming it, in your door. It doesn't it work that way. Keep you, triggering the door. What's crazy is I believe God wants you to know what triggers you and then separate from it. You have to That's know so what good. triggers you. Know what triggers your thoughts. Know what triggers yeah. you in your emotions. Know what triggers you if you're around certain people. Know the things that trigger you and separate from that. I'm not yeah. talking about like never going to work. You, you just, I mean, <laughs> we have a lot of people that do that anymore. But yeah. the fact of it is right now is don't like just cop out and not face things. I'm talking about separate your thoughts from those things. Allow yourself to be more put in focus with God. That's why we have to re read our word. That's why it says that, taking when, every thought captive. That's right. Under because the authority spend, of who God is. If you don't know that, because you don't read that. And when you read that, you start to, you have to apply that. See, listen, I know you get me caught up in this Bible thing, because it's so good. It's good. Even the devil knows the word. Like, you've got to apply this stuff. Because when you apply it, that's where change happens. We can just read, because anybody can read a book, and the devil can know scripture just as, well, you prime example with Jesus after the 40 days. He was quoting scripture to Jesus. Good job. You won Bible quiz. Like, he knows the word. So if he knows the word more than you know the word, how's, he's going to twist it on you. Well, that's why he We should not it. be having the devil know the word more than we know it, if we call ourselves a Christian. That's right. And that's why, like you said, Jesus turned the word back and said, no, 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 you're not going to do that. And too many times throughout religion and different things, people have twisted the word of God to get what they want out of it. Well, that's why the enemy uses the word against you is because yeah. he knows what triggers you more than you do and uses the word against you instead of you using the word for you. That's what <laughs> that's he does. That's so good. The last thing that we can do is pray. Yeah. Ask God Simple. to help you see your purpose and identity through him. You have to pray. You have to seek his face. Yeah. You have to ask him for grace through your weakness. You have to ask him to show you what keeps you lured to the trap so that you can know the enemy's tricks and schemes to lure you in. Your journey is your journey and no one else is walking that journey. So you have to start walking it today. Yeah. You have to start doing that. And the best way to do it and lastly, the, the uh, last thing at those stops, you know, you start by taking what you see with a grain of salt. Then you count all your blessings that you have. You stay connected in the word continually and you pray continually to God to help identify who you really yeah. are in your lives. And what happens is those things begin to defeat the enemy. And those are your weapons that keep you from being caught up in the trap of comparison continually. That's how you can say today, I declare war on the enemy of comparison in my life because I choose no longer to try to fight to be what the world says I need to be and I want to be what God declares me to be and the only way I can do that is by spending time with him well you you have to realize who you are like he loves you so much just you and you have to accept who you are when we compare, we're always trying to search for something else. You have to, in your own moment, accept who you are. Let me read you this last scripture, and we're going we're gonna to close this out. Uh, Ephesians 2, 10, in the ESV. I love what it says. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. If God prepared beforehand, you're, you're, you're fearfully made, wonderfully made. He wants you to do the great things, that we should walk them out. You need to know who you are and accept who you are, not who somebody else is, not who somebody thinks you are. Right where you are. And let God develop and start to change you from the inside out where you are. He won't compare to anything else. You will start walking forward and straight. And some of these things, do they seem simple? Yeah, because it is. The gospel is simple. We complicate it. It's the simple truth. We just have to apply it. We declare war in general over the enemy, but we have to start pinpointing these things. We declare war over the comparison trap that we easily get hooked into. Now, sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it happens and you just fall in it. Boom. And sometimes the trap's right there and you just walk right up into it. But the more you get in the Word, the more you stay in prayer, God will have the Holy Spirit start convicting that and, and, and speaking. And we just, it's like we ignore it sometimes. There's a siren going on and we're still walking towards it. And we get trapped in it. There's no need to get trapped. If you stay in his word, if you stay in prayer, there, there's traps all around. There's mouse traps everywhere. Stay focused because wherever they are and wherever they are, the, uh, God is so smooth that he would just like, just take the right step here. Just go right here to the left. Go over here a little more. Now take it over here. Follow me right here. Now watch out because the shadow of death. It's just a shadow because light's present. So it's just a shadow. Just stay right here. But the Stay only way right you can follow him is by spending time speaking to him yeah. and letting him speak back to you. That's how you know his voice. Yeah. You have to be able to spend time and know his voice to follow in that. And so today, we just want to give you hope and encouragement that there are ways to get out of that. There are ways to fight the comparison trap, to declare war on it, but you have to put them in motion. So stand with us today, this morning, as we close out in prayer and as we just challenge ourselves because those are things that you have to do. I can't read your word for you. I have to focus on myself to read my own Bible every day. I can't, I can pray to God on your behalf, but I can't talk to him and have that personal relationship for you. You have to have that. I can desire it for you and ask that God would do that for you, but it's not my job to keep up your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The other thing about it is, is not taking what you see so literal. Everybody's life is not perfect. Everybody else doesn't have it better on the other side. There are moments where somebody may have it better than you as in going through less negative circumstances, but guess what? Their time comes. They have moments that are just the same, and they could look at you and be like, man, I wish I had it as easy as you right now. So quit sticking yourself in that place. And the other thing of it is, is count your blessings. Know the good things God's given you, and be thankful. Be thankful. And I, there was one other thing that I wanted to tell you today is that the other way to get out of the comparison trap, the shortcut to contentment is gratitude. The shortcut to contentment is gratitude. 
If you're thankful for what you have, you begin to be content in your heart. No matter how good or how bad you think you have it, contentment comes from the ability to have a heart of gratitude. And so today, as we end out, why don't you spend just a couple minutes telling God that you're thankful for all that he's done and let him know that he is worthy even when things don't seem to work out the way that you think they should. He's got everything in his hands. Amen? Let's pray. God, I thank you today. I thank you, God, that you have given us, God, again, the opportunity to tell you one more time how thankful we are for the little blessings, the things that are in our lives that seem, God, to be so small sometimes, but yet can make such a big effect in how we think and perceive things. And God, I pray that you would begin to turn our thoughts to you, that you would turn our hearts to you, God, and our minds to you and our eyes to you, God. And God, I pray, God, that you would begin to open up, God, this well down deep in our souls, God, that it realizes that it truly is good, that there are good things that you are doing in us, no matter how bad it may seem. Let us be reflective of you. And God, I pray today that we choose to say we declare war on comparison. We don't want to take what the world shows us as reality. We want to take our image from what you show us as reality, as the truth as the life and the hope. And God, that we would truly count all things that we have as good. And God, I pray, God, that we would spend time digging in your word and knowing what you say. We're all you say we are. And God, that we would spend time one-on-one to hear your voice and follow in your path. Direct our feet. God, how can we go forward if we're constantly looking backwards or to the left of the right? I pray, God, you would steady our gaze on you today. And we would follow you leading us in the direction of righteousness and goodness and wholeness. And we praise you today. I thank you, God, that you've given us the opportunity today to show the world that we don't have to be masked by the identity of the world and the things that everybody says, but God, we are covered by you and your grace and your mercy. And I pray, God, that spiritually you would awaken hearts, God, and lives to know, God, their true identity in you starting today. We lift you up and we praise your name as we take on this battle one more day. We declare war on the comparison trap in our lives and choose to stand up and say no more. We worship you and we thank you and we praise you in your mighty name. Amen and amen.